If you come up in an area, you know, a rural area, urban community, you see all types of things. But if you have a good foundation, you have a choice. So, you know, although you're not doing all the wrong things, sometimes you are. What was kind of your internal battle doing that? Man, like I said, I was guided spiritually. So I never went over overboard with anything that I did. But I was always like, let's say a risk taker. I was looking for opportunity, uh, let's say, to, to, to get to where I wanted to go. Like I said in the beginning, I knew where I wanted to go, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. So I was an open-minded guy. I would talk to people. Uh, I was like everywhere, you know. I never really did anything specific like uh, gang banging or nothing crazy like that, but you know, still in the little kingdom, you know, yeah, just trying to get away with stuff. You know, in life as a kid, you try to see what you can get away with, you know. But uh, I never went too far in terms of doing something that ended up like changing my life, you know. So, but I've definitely had my rough patches, but nothing too crazy. Nah, literally, like growing up, and I'm thinking about myself, literally, I was gang banging, doing the wrong things. I remember. You know, even opportunities and, and stories that I regret where early on I have a twin brother. I'm making fun of my twin just to be cool in school. Like I'm I'm a twin in the house, Nigerian household. I go to school. I try to be one of the fellas. It's just, you know, in that you're just trying to find yourself as a kid, knowing that okay. you have the values of your household. What was that parenting like? Like what was your mom like to make you so grounded? What was the spiritual background the things that she instilled in you at that age that made you different from your peers great question and rest of love to my mom rest of love to my sister and everybody that's gone it's a big moment for me but some of the things that she taught me man was be fearless you know but she didn't never use the term be fearless it was more like you could do all i could do all things in christ who strengthens me but she made me say it until i believed it you know she made me say it until I had no choice but to understand what that meant. You know, she made me put on my armor. She made me do things that I didn't want to do, but she knew that it would benefit me in the long run. So uh, my mom also had me at 45 years old, meaning that it was like my mom and my grandma. So her wisdom was all she poured into me. I couldn't escape it. You know what I mean? And uh, um, man, just thinking about her, she, she did everything she could and, and that was the main thing she did was just keep me grounded in, in, in Christ at the, like, in the word died and all of that stuff. I mean, obviously now I have a broader perspective, but the, but the core piece of it is, is the belief and the faith in, in God and the higher power and, and believing in that. So that was what kept me grounded. Beautiful, bro. I think, you know, that's powerful when you have that, um, you, you seldom see and you seldom realize in the time that it's my secret, you know, my superpower, having a mom, having a foundation that on faith that really builds me. And there's something behind everything that I'm going through that's actually working for me. You know, I don't have to walk around and try to do it on my own. Somebody actually got me in that way. And to be kind of reminded in that as a kid, I think that really does grow a belief in you. Like, okay, my mom says I could do all things through Christ who strengthened me. She make me recite it. I probably don't feel it, but like, it does give you the mindset of, okay, I have an open mindset to what I want to do, the things I'm going to accomplish. Because for me, outside looking in, you're like, okay, a kid from the inner city, you know, you're just trying to figure it out, not doing some mischievous things, but not all the way. How are you so open-minded? Because like, 
if I was behind the eyes of Jerry Blakes, I'm just like, shit, I only know what I see. Like, what was it in you that kind of, not even basketball-wise, but as a person, what made you see outside of yourself in your situation? I think subconsciously as kids, we look for different clues. We did, we look for different uh, ways to go if, if, if the where we are isn't the right way, you know? So I lived in the hood, you know what I'm saying? I lived right across the street from a park in which it was everything going on, literally right across the street. So me going in and playing basketball and seeing certain things, there were times where uh, I was in situations that I didn't have to be in, but being at the park, it just it just kind of happened like that, you know? So uh, I think what wanted me... It was basketball, honestly, like the park, like playing sports is what kept me like grounded. Like, okay, I can do this. Like they're like kids, this game banging and going crazy. They, that's what they're doing. But I'm playing basketball, football, baseball. My mom, my parents had me in sports. So, uh, that was the biggest thing. And then I, once I got to high school, I started seeing different things. My first, my first year, I went to Beverly Hills High School. You know what I mean? So that was like, like the movie that, like the show, uh, well, All American. It was almost like that for me. You know what I mean? And once I seen that, it was over. Like my mind, I seen freshmen and sophomores with Porsches and Range Rovers and little Romeo, big houses. It was like, okay, I know exactly. I, I see it now. So I know where I'm going. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. That, cause that's why representation is important. Whenever you get a glimpse of it, it gives you, kind of a palette for okay <laughs> my mom did say i could do all things now i can see other people that yeah they got it too i can become more in that in that time though you know when you're discovering you know the different things that you can do in basketball on the court at you know different things after school across the street at the park and your mom blows the whistle times that come in what did that mean because for me i'm like okay i had a mom that said Bring your ass inside the house. And I wasn't ready for it. Like when you're growing in something that you love on the park and heated games with your friends, probably. And your mom, like every time come in, how was that kid? Like, what did he want to do in that moment? I didn't want to get, I didn't, I didn't want to deal with my mom. Let's put it like that. So I would go home, but I, she wasn't like uh, overbearing. So I knew that I don't have another chance to go back. Like it wasn't like she, it was just more of a safety thing. That needs time to come home. It's a little dark. Dinner might be ready. It's just it's just time to transition back from outside to get ready for tomorrow. So every day for me was an adventure in terms of figuring out who I am. And my job, I'm the baby boy of four sisters. So it was like that protection factor was there in terms of my mom wanted me to be home. Uh, I was the baby boy. It wasn't like I was the oldest. So I just had to come home and and you ready for tomorrow. It was, it was lit tomorrow anyway, so. <laughs> Jerry, like, when I listen to you, bro, I, you're you're the youngest, I'm the youngest, and, you know, I kind of had that protection over me as well. But, like, it sounds like you took it way better than I did because I was, you know, acting out the different things, staying out late, like, not trying to be on that because it's like I, you know, when you grow up in that foundation, it's good, but, like, you want to break free from that. And you talked about some mischie- mischievous things, but what do you think – in hindsight, the game of basketball did for you in, in terms of, you know, changing from, okay, I'm mischievous to now I can block in. In terms of at that stage, what did it do for you and who could you, you know, 
Hold on, let me try to think this out because I do think that basketball, as I'm listening and as I'm, you know, thinking of your story, it's more so just an outlet for you. It's like create creatively wise, like it gave you something as well. What do you think in that time that it gave you that you still use now? Well, basketball changed my life, man. It gave me opportunity to meet other people like through basketball. I met my wife and she doesn't play basketball. You know, I had the opportunity to go to Bramble Hills High School and the next year I ended up leaving. But the only thing that I got from that looking back is my wife and my son. So something like that is uh, the opportunity that basketball gave me. Had I not been a basketball player, you might not get the opportunity for someone to want you to go to a different school outside of your uh, school district. So that's one thing. It also gave me a way to channel my passion, channel my intensity, channel the anger that I had at that age from, let's say, my dad leaving, to be honest. Like, that fired me up. And uh, I was able to use basketball and sports to to let it out. That was my – because my mom seen it, it, that messed me up. And sports allowed me to use uh, uh, as an outlet. So You know, when I'll say – when you say as an outlet and – you know, a lot of things can be used as an outlet. I just had a conversation with somebody where he was like, music is my outlet, my escape. And kind of parallels, as I'm thinking, using basketball as your escape from what you're going through at home with your father and, and things of that nature. But when you go back, you know, when your mom whistles, come back in the house, it's still on you. It comes back on you, knowing that you still have the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the foundation that you have, but you do have these you know, feelings that you can't shake and those thoughts become feelings and that feeling becomes a behavior. And then it starts affecting your performance, the thing that you love. You know, how did you kind of work from that moment in that in that age? Because I think if I'm you, you know, a charged background, you know, good family, those type of things, you know, angry all the time, baggage, every step of the way, baggage, baggage, it becomes heavy, you know, kind of just I'm just thinking if I was you, it's like, okay, I have all this baggage. I'm approved. I'm approved. I'm approved. I'm a go wherever I need to go, whether it's JUCO, then the Arizona State, then the, I'm approved. I'm going to keep ascending because of everything that I've been through. It, it, it's like, uh, I'm just thinking out, out loud right now, but it's just like, did you, if you were to reverse and connect the dots between who you were then and who you are now, how have you kind of worked through that and channeled it in a different way, not just, kind of fighting, proving, proving, but, you know, using your mind now, using your love for the game, but using your love for life to kind of push you through. Looking back, that young kid, that young kid was just trying to figure it out. You know, he was just trying to figure it out in whichever way he could. Uh, The anger, the passion, it was, it was from the situation, obviously, right? But I felt like Grow Forever was a mantra that I came up with, but it's always been like part of me because I was trying to escape certain things. Like I was trying to get out of the village. I was trying to uh, find peace within myself, trying to understand why my mom was sick, why, you know, my sister has schizophrenia. You know, it was just so much going on. And uh, I had a couple of good friends that I'm still, I'm still friends with to this day that uh, had decent situations that I can go to and like, like, go to a different environment, you know? Um, man, there was just so much. I never really got a chance to unpack it all until now. But 
That's why Mind Buddy Podcast is lit too, by the way. No. But uh Is that heavy though? Because it was just uh, figure it out, man. And Grow Forever is the mantra I use today and I think back from this day to that young kid, and that's all he was trying to do. He was just trying to grow, grow forward. Just my bro, I was, I was a section eight baby. Like I grew up in the section eight housing, so I didn't want to be in that. We had to clean up the house on the weekends. You know what I'm saying? Even though the house is clean already, mom's a little nervous because they coming over. They coming to check the house, like little stuff like that, man. You subconsciously you don't understand that this is not how it's supposed to be. But once I realized that, it was like okay, I want everything that I want everything the real stuff. I want the real legit life, not the one that they programmed us to have. So that was the that was the driving force right there. Bro, I, I think, you know, whenever uh, uh, a parent is, like, stressed financially, it does cause in the kids psychological stress, and, and, it, and it can, you know, harbor up because you're holding on to that. Then you have the emotional stress and the pain of your own life. And, you know, yes, you have these values, but the beliefs that you're growing is, you know, I can become whoever I want to be, but then you have a belief of the world of, you know, you know, things ain't always sweet. Like shit ain't sweet. And I'm not going through a sweet time right now. And sometimes you got just got to shut up and grind and get it how you live. Like moving off in your story, getting it how you live. It, it got you to a place of you're at a JUCO and then you move on to Arizona State. But if we unpack to the JUCO days, your two years, what do you think JUCO gave you that you didn't have before? Because you already grind in kind of that mentality of, okay, I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on, I'm going to put on. But then you go the JUCO route. What do you think it gave you? Before I talk about the JUCO style, I just want to, I just want to go right back to around high school. So I was going into my senior season. I was signed to University of Hawaii. So really? I had a D1. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was signed to Hawaii. Uh, I had just got that offer that summer. Uh, signed in Hawaii, obviously ineligible, right? So I had to go the junior college route. So that gave me consistency. So I had a coach. I went to Arizona State. My head coach at junior college named Quincy Brewer, he went to Arizona State as well. 6'4", left-handed. is a lot that goes into that, right? Uh, role model. I had other offers, but I wanted to go there, right? But my freshman year of junior college, killed player of the year, uh, the whole nine, right? I had offers to go leave right away. My coach sits down to tell me like a father figure to me. He says, uh, looking back at your track record, you've never done anything two years in a row. You've never done anything in life two years in a row. You've jumped from school to school, uh, never had any consistency. I think you staying here will give you that consistency and you can have the comfortability. You know, I needed to be under his wing another year. Hey, Jennings, you going off. 